welcome to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. It had been 12 years since she felt normal, since she felt like herself, since she could actually be who she had been. She had been dealing with this medical condition for 12 years now. 12 years since she had been around people, 12 years since she could go to the temple, 12 years of just searching for a cure, 12 years of losing hope one day at a time, the feeling of loneliness and brokenness was getting overwhelming. The feeling of hope was running low. The weight of wondering if God had forgotten about her was getting heavy. At this point, she didn't know what to do next. She has come to the end of her rope. She had searched in every way she thought possible, yet nothing turned out to work. Her faith was running faint, but there was a whisper of hope. There was a name she kept hearing that possibly could heal her, that possibly could be her cure. A name that she heard spoken of in the crowd, a name that she heard so many say, yet she had never seen. She had reached out to so many, yet she thought, could this one more reach work? She had just enough faith left to take a few more steps. You see, faith isn't always easy to have. It can be strong in one moment and quick to fade in another. It's amazing how faith works. Faith sometimes is just a matter of one more reach away. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. God, I I thank you that you are such a great God, that you are doing great things. And Lord, in this time of... um, <clears throat> of just all that's going on. And Lord, I know uh, it, it's just been different. Um, God, I thank you that you are faithful and that you have stayed the same. Lord, that you do not change from yesterday, today, or tomorrow. Lord, that you are the same. God, we thank you that you love us and that you care for us. God, that you have a plan to use us and to move in and through us. And God, I ask that you would just search our hearts. Lord, strengthen our faith. Strengthen our faith in you Um, And help us, Lord, to live this life that you've called us to. Lord, help us to take steps of faith in areas of our life that you're calling us to, Lord. May we not be stuck, but may we move forward. And, And whatever that looks like for us, God, I pray that we would not, Lord, sit idle. God, I pray that you would move in this valley, Lord, that you would move in our city, move in churches all over, God, that you would do an amazing, radical thing. God, I pray for the Fountain Church. God, I ask that you would bless them. God, I pray for redemption. God, I pray for Desert Breeze. God, I pray for Calvary Community. God, I pray for the Refuge. God, I ask that you would bless us at City View Church today. God, may we hear from you. May we be challenged in our faith to not stand still, but to move forward in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Hey, City View and all those of you watching online, welcome and welcome to City View Church's online church experience. I'm so glad you chose to join us today. You are jumping into, um, we've just started a series titled Faith, and today is week two of faith. Last week we looked at the, these four friends and the idea of, that Jesus looked at these four friends and he identified their faith. And I, I challenged each of us, like, if, if people will look at our faith, what would they see in our faith? What would they see in the group of friends and the faith that we have? And I talked about how faith is bold. I talked about how faith is determined. I talked about Four, three other things, and I can't remember them right off the top of my head, but I talked about five things, and they were all great and amazing, I'm pretty sure. Um, and this week, we're going to be looking at faith again, because I believe that God is calling us as a church. I believe that God is calling Christians and believers, and maybe you who are on the fringe, you're trying to figure out where you stand in this whole faith journey. I believe God is calling all of us to take a bold step of faith. A step of faith that might be uncomfortable and a step of faith that might not be what we're used to. But I believe that God is calling each and every one of us to take a step of faith. Today we're going to look at a lady who had what I'm titling today's message, far-reaching faith. Far-reaching faith. If you would turn with me into your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, we're going to jump into the middle of, of the story of what's happening with Jesus. Mark chapter 5, um, picking up in verse 25, and I'm reading out of the New Living um, Translation. It says, <clears throat> yeah, we're going to pick it up in verse 24. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. And a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. So, so here's, here's what, what's happening. Jesus, he just got off a boat. He was on a boat. He went and healed this guy who was demon-possessed. And Jesus is on his way back to Capernaum. And, and he, as he gets off the boat, this, these people meet him there. And I, I don't know about you, but man, it's hard. When I'm trying to plan a little getaway or maybe when I, when I was a youth pastor and I planned summer camps or when I plan events, if people show up before me and I'm the one leading it, that just sort of irritates me a lot. That just does. If I'm not the first one there, I love to be first. Judge me if you want. That's just my personality. I love to be first. It just helps me figure things out and just make sure that I'm calm and collective. I, the other day, I went to fill up our big water, five-gallon water things, and I showed up, and I didn't know what time they opened, and I get there, and the lady is just opening up. And she goes, if you just give me a minute, you're more than welcome to come. I go, what time do you open? She goes, well, we open at 9. It was like 8.40. And I said, you know what? I will come back because I know how I am if people show up crazy early. I'll come back when you're open. And so I wonder, as Jesus gets off this boat, and, and he's told his disciples, say, we need to get away and rest for a minute. He goes, he gets off this boat, and immediately there's a crowd and there's people needing him. It's sort of like parents, if you're a parent, and that moment you wake up and your kids are like, where's breakfast? It's, that's sort of how I'm picturing this. And so Jesus, he gets off this boat and there's this crowd waiting for him. And, and there's a guy named Jairus who was a synagogue official. And he says, my child, my daughter is sick. And so Jesus is on his way to go heal this guy's daughter. And, and as he's walking this, this path, as he's going to 
heal the daughter, we find this short story of this woman in verses 25 and 26. That's where we catch it. And Jesus is in this crowd, and this is sort of how Jesus had his life. And this crowd had, had, it was busy and bustling and people are loud and noisy and they're wanting to be around Jesus. They're wanting to see. And a woman who had been sick for 12 years, who was running out of hope, running out of ideas. She had spent everything she had. She, she has no idea on how she's going to heal. She has no idea how she might be fixed. She feels like she's tried everything. She's tried every kind of doctor. She's tried your normal MD. Sorry, my eye is itchy. She's tried your normal NDs, your specialists, your natural paths, all the things. You know, you, you think we have so many different kinds of doctors that you can try today. She's tried them all. And here's when it says she had suffered much under the hands of doctors, Here's some ideas and some of the things and the traditions that they actually did in those days. One of the remedies that would be to fix a woman in her condition, this is one of the remedies. I'm going to give you four different remedies that, that the Talmud, which is one, some of the teachings that they had in those days, I'm going to give you four of the remedies that she probably tried. One of them was to drink a goblet of wine that was containing a powder compound of rubber, alum, which is like crystals, and garden crocus was a type of flower. They would mix that together and she would drink it, but it made her worse, not better. And then she would have probably tried this other kind of mixture, a dose of Persian onions, um, cooked in wine, and then you had to say this chant, arise out of your flow of blood. So she would drink this, and as she, after she drank it, she would chant that, arise out of your flow of blood. But with no avail, it actually made her worse. And then she, she probably tried this other remedy, and this was to carry around the ashes of an ostrich egg, which... That's interesting of itself. Why would you burn an ostrich egg? But that's what you do. You would carry them out in the ashes of an ostrich egg, but you wouldn't just carry them in your hands. It depends upon the time of year. If you are sick and you're doing this in the summer, the ostrich egg had to be in the linen fabric. If it's winter, the egg had the, the ashes had to be in cotton. So the, the ashes were very um, temperamental. They really depend upon how they wanted to cure you, depend upon the time of year and the fabric you had it in. But guess what? That didn't work either. And one of the other treatments that she tried, she would carry barley corn that was found in the dung of a white donkey. And guess what? That did not work either. So as it says there in Mark, at the hands she had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had. When it says she had suffered a great deal at the hands of the doctors, those things that I just talked about, those are the things that, that she would have tried. In, in writings of of those times, there was actually a case where a guy was having trouble with his eyes and the different doctors of those days would have him try an eye salve and it actually made him go blind. So you, you can understand, they just were trying all these things and doctors were not always super well respected in those days. 
So she had spent all that she had and she didn't get any better. She actually continued to get worse each day. And I'm, I'm sure some of you, you can relate to this lady. Maybe some of you can relate to her medically. You're looking at your own bodies and you are, you are trying to figure out and you've gone to doctor after doctor, specialist after specialist, naturopath after naturopath. You've tried every kind of medicine and oil and you've talked surgeries and you're like, nothing works. And maybe it's with your kids. And you're like, I, I just, I need a solution for my kids and schooling and God, will you just help will you? I don't know what's wrong with my child and learning or whatever it might be. It's, it's different things with our kids and you've tried everything or maybe it's a job and you have looked for job after job. You've applied and they've told you everything from you're, you're not, you're not qualified enough or you're too qualified and you're thinking, how can I be too qualified for a job? I just want a job or okay. I, it says you need five years of experience, but how in the world are you going to get experience if you don't let me have have experiences, you're, you've applied for everything, or, or maybe you, you're, you just want to find a spouse, and you've went on countless dates, and every single date ends up as a dud. There's no connection, and you're just like, God, I, I don't know. You're looking for a number of different solutions, and nothing is working. Maybe you find yourself in the same boat as this woman. She's tried everything. She's suffered much at the hands of many. Maybe you're looking going, what, what do I do, God? What's, what do I have? You have nothing to give. You have nothing to look to. You feel like you've tried it all. That is where we find this woman. That's the moment we find her. She was hurting and broken and alone. And after all these remedies, she was broke financially and worse physically. Can you relate? A question, at what point do you give up on everything? At what point do you give up on faith? But she didn't quit. Here's something to know about far-reaching faith. Far-reaching faith suffers. It's not always easy to have faith. It is difficult at times having faith. Your faith gets tested. Your faith will go through struggles. Your faith will go through hard times. There is suffering in faith. Jesus said it's not always going to be easy. There will be hard times in this world. So the first thing that I want to look at as we look at faith is far-reaching faith suffers. Faith isn't always unicorns and rainbows. Sometimes it's werewolves and storm clouds. Isn't that the truth? I mean, sometimes it's like, yes, I know exactly where I'm supposed to go. And you go and you do it. It's, it's just, it's rainbows and unicorns and sparkles and everything happy. And other times faith is scary. It's suffering. It's hard. It seems like it's, it's a werewolf and storm clouds and, and darkness and, and cliffs and, and horrible things. You just feel like, is it ever going to get better? You see, you have to choose, is your faith in something or in someone worth having faith in? If it's not, then you got to change that. See, I found that even though faith isn't always easy, Jesus has never let me down. Even when times are the hardest, Jesus has never let me down. So this woman is at this place where she's tried everything the world has to offer. Everything. 
and all of it has come up empty. So she has one last thing. It says in verse 27, she had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe for for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. She had heard about this man, the healer. She had heard it, maybe, possibly, he could help. Was it superstition that she thought maybe he could help? I don't know. Was it faith? Yes, I know it was faith. Was it a little bit of both? Because some of those things that she did was very superstitious. Was it a little bit of faith and a little bit of superstition? I think maybe. I think maybe you had a mixture of that going on in this woman. Uh, uh, just trying to figure out what does this look like. So another thing with faith is far-reaching faith endures. It doesn't quit. She pushed through the crowd. She didn't quit even though there was nothing else to work for. We keep reaching because we know that there is something worth reaching for. And that's where you find this woman. She endured. Far-reaching faith endures. She kept pushing through the crowd. She kept moving forward in spite of the shame, in spite of the pain, in spite of, uh, of all the obstacles that were in front of her. She, she just moved forward because she was enduring. We don't know how much it hurt, but we know that she knew she shouldn't have been there in that crowd. We know that she knew she had suffered much under the hands of many and none of it worked. We know that she was not quitting, but she didn't have much left. But here's what we also find out about her faith. Far-reaching faith listens for the truth. Far-reaching faith listens for the truth. She had heard about Jesus. she, She had heard that there might be hope in this man that has been able to heal. He had healed others. Would he be able to heal her? Could he? Could her reach of faith have an answer? Could her reach of faith, was it found in something she knew from Scripture? Her reach. Because she thought, if I could just touch his robe, I would be healed. And so it says that she touched the fringe of his robe, the corner of it. There's a verse in Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. In Malachi chapter 4, verse 2, that's in the Old Testament. And it says this, But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings, and you will go free, leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture. Healing in his wings. You see, in those days, a teacher, a rabbi like Jesus, would have worn something very similar to this. This is called a talit. And what they would do is they would wear this over their shoulders as they were watching as they were walking or going. And they would have the the pieces of it. There's four corners of it, and there's four tassels on each corner. And they would wear it similar to this as they would walk around. And when they would pray or go into a holy place, they would cover their heads. 
So Jesus probably would, was walking around very similar to something like this. And, and as he was walking, she, she would have known that who he was and that he was a respected teacher. And as he was wearing this talit, she would have thought, if I could just touch the fringe, if I could just touch the wings of his garment. Because there's healing in them. I wonder if she thought, could this have been what, what she had known as a little girl, this verse that maybe something her parents had taught her? Could this have been a promise verse in her home that there would be a healer, a savior coming with healing in his wings? Could this have been something that she had held on to since she was a kid? Could it have been something that she had memorized? Could it have been something that she knew? Could it be that, that in her reach, that reach, she knew that there's something in his robe, there's something in those wings? This was a reach of desperation, but not in foolishness, in faith, in truth. But I wonder if, if her faith was waning away. She hadn't been allowed in the temple because bleeding made her dirty, made her unclean. She knew that any person she would walk by or touch, that she made them unclean. And I wonder if, if she felt like, okay, God, I haven't been in the temple. Do you see, and everybody sees me as dirty. God, do you see me as dirty too? God, do you see me as unholy and unworthy? Is, is that how you see me too? I wonder if in this moment, as she's getting ready to reach for this one, that she thought, could he heal me? Could he bring a cure? Could he could just touching the wings of his garment, could it answer my cries for help? So she reached. That far-reaching faith she had, she reached. And it says in verse 29, immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. She was healed. That final reach, if, if you can picture as Jesus is walking through this cloud, crowd, you have this tassel that's on the outside edge. And I wonder if as he walked by, she went to reach the, the, the longest thread, the, the least, just to touch the edge of it, the fringe of it, so that nobody would know. I wonder if, if her reach was something where it was there and she just grabbed it. And all of a sudden, th there was that joy, that feeling, as it said in Malachi, it says, and the son of righteousness, um, will rise with healing in his wings and you will be free and leap for joy. And I wonder if she thought, if I could just touch the fringe, if I could just touch the fringe of his garment. And it says immediately the bleeding stopped. Immediately she was healed. So can you picture it a little more walking through the crowd? It wasn't like wearing your bathrobe. It was wearing something, it was wearing a, a talit. And, and the wings here is there's healing in these wings. And she knew, and I wonder if she just thought, if I could just, and it worked. But it didn't go unnoticed. It says in verse 30, of Mark chapter 5, Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out of him. Now, how do you feel that? How do you feel somebody touching the very edge of it? It wasn't like she jerked at it or grabbed the top. She, she touched the edge. How do you feel that? It says he, at once he 
um, that the healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? And his disciples said, look at this crowd pressing in around you. How can you ask who touched your robe? Far-reaching faith costs. Far-reaching faith comes with a cost. It costs Jesus power. It costs Jesus strength. Far-reaching faith, it comes with a price. It came with a price. You might want, how, how does it cost Jesus power and strength? Have, have you ever, maybe you're a musical performer. Have you ever performed maybe in band, and at the end of that concert, at the end of that show, you are so exhausted. Maybe you're an athlete and at the end of a a game, you are exhausted because you spent everything you have. Maybe uh, you dance or you do some other kind of performance and, and at the end of a performance, you are so exhausted. Maybe you're a public speaker like me and at the end of of doing something like this, there's just this, when you've left it all out there, you're just tired because you've spent it all. That's sort of this thing. There's, there's this power, this energy that, that somehow left Jesus, and he felt it. When she reached out to touch Jesus, it cost him using his healing power. As Jesus was performing miracles, he was getting ready to cover all costs. When Jesus did this, he wasn't just going to cover the cost for this woman. He was going to cover the cost for you and for me to forgive us of our sins, to heal us of of the things that are going on inside us, to cover all of our shame and all of our sin. That's what Jesus was doing. This is a small example of what Jesus is getting ready to do for the whole world. To the disciples, though, his question was foolish. It was ridiculous. How in the world can you tell? How in the world are we to find this? And why, Jesus? If, if somebody touched you in power, why not just let them go? The person is probably healed. Let them be. Let them go. It's, we got to get somewhere. The disciples were always about getting to the next thing. Jesus, we got places to go, people to heal, things to see. Jesus is all about a personal touch. Always about relationship. Always. Never about just being alone. It's always about people. It says in verse 32, but he kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. Jesus didn't quit because he wasn't done working in her. Have you ever thought maybe the very thing you're going through is because Jesus has something to do through it in you? I know for some of you, like it's been 12 years. I know. As I said, far-reaching faith, it suffers. It endures. It trusts in truth. And far-reaching faith, it comes at a cost. Not only did it cost Jesus, but it cost her. She was hoping to slip away and to let nobody would know because she put everybody at risk being in that crowd. She had to humble herself. She had to step forward and admit that she was unclean. 
We see her here that that faith is not always bold. Like last week, those four friends, they were bold with their faith, but sometimes faith is timid, trembling, and humbled. And that's where we see this woman in her faith. She was timid, trembling, and humble in it. Could she have been trembling because she had made him and all others unclean, that that she had violated Jesus, that she had done something terrible, that she had ruined his reputation and everything about him because she made him unclean? Could she be timid because she put everybody else at risk that was in the crowd that day because she was sick and nobody else could that be? Could it be that she was ashamed of who she was and what she had done? Have you ever walked in a store lately and maybe walked down the wrong aisle at Walmart, going the wrong way, the opposite of the arrows? Man, I'm just learning. And then you get that death stare from somebody. And I wonder if she was worried about those death stares once people realized she was unclean and she put all of them at risk. What a hateful crowd that somebody would feel unwelcomed and unloved. You see, part of the heart, the big heart of City View Church, our mission is we want to help people belong in community, believe in Jesus, and become who God is calling them to be. But the most important, the big first step is we want to be the most welcoming, belonging place. I would hope that we would never be a place that somebody wouldn't feel welcomed or loved. I, I've been in places now. I mean, it's, it's weird being in a time where if you don't do certain things that you get looked down upon, I would hope that City View would never be a place that no matter how you're coming, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what you did the night before, the week before, that you would feel welcome. But that's this place, and I wonder if she was expecting rejection. Even though she was healed, I wonder if she was expecting rejection. But what happens next is not what she expected. Jesus looked down upon her and it says in verse 34, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Jesus offers her spiritual healing. Spiritual healing, the healing that we all need. His first response to her was with love, not shame or judgment. He says, daughter. And he says to you today, daughter, son, you're healed. I love you. I care for you. You mean the world to me. I died for you. I know some of us have things that if God ever found out, we feel he would shame us. But we don't realize he loves us and he already knows all those things. Nothing's ever going to surprise him. It doesn't matter to Jesus that, that he wasn't her first response. It doesn't matter to Jesus that he wasn't her first action. It doesn't matter to Jesus that he was her last resort. It didn't matter to Jesus. 
It didn't change of whether or not he was going to heal her both physically and spiritually. It didn't matter to Jesus. Jesus doesn't care at what level you come to him. Jesus doesn't care the baggage you carry. Jesus doesn't care any of that. He just cared that she came forward, that she had this faith that was willing to reach out and grab, even if it was just the edge of his robe. Far-reaching faith brings peace. Jesus says to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Your faith. Again, identifying her faith. Last week he said, their faith. This week he says, daughter, your faith. And he says, go in peace. Jesus here acknowledges her faith and then gives her what she really needed, peace. She needed peace. This is what each and every one of us are searching for. We're searching for peace. For many in this time as we have, we've seen how fragile life is. We've seen how different life is. We, we've seen people lose everything. We've, we've, we've seen people lose their lives. We've seen people lose their financial stability, lose relationships, lose their health. We have seen these things happen. But Jesus brings peace. Jesus said to this woman who had suffered for 12 years, she had suffered much at the hands of doctors. She had suffered much as an outcast in society. She has suffered much in her loneliness. And he says to her, your suffering is over. And Jesus says to you, your suffering is over. I offer you peace, a peace that passes all understanding. And he doesn't care if, if he was her last resort, he still gives her peace. Far-reaching faith finds true peace in Jesus. So far-reaching faith, what is it? Far-reaching faith, it suffers. Far-reaching faith, it endures. Far-reaching faith listens for the truth. Far-reaching faith, it comes with a cost. But far-reaching faith In far-reaching faith, there's peace. There's peace found in far-reaching faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you that we can trust you. Lord, I thank you that you love us. And Jesus, I ask, God, that we would not give up. That we realize you've not given up on us. Maybe you're a person where you've sort of given up on faith. You've given up on God. You've given up on religion. You've given up on these things. And you're, you're looking for one last reach, one last thing, one last, okay, God, if this is real, you're looking for that. And if that's you, I, I want to encourage you to take that step of faith with God today. Pray with me. Pray with me. Say, dear God, God, I've struggled with my faith. But God, I'm reaching for you. God, I ask that just as you healed this woman, I ask that you'd heal my soul. God, forgive me of who I am. Forgive me of what I've done. Forgive me of the, the baggage and the things that I carry. And Jesus, I ask that you would take them from me. 
Jesus, thank you for dying for me on a cross. Thank you for conquering death and rising again. And Jesus, I'm putting my faith, Lord, it's a far-reaching faith, but I'm putting my faith in you in Jesus' name. Amen. And maybe you're a person like this woman where you're down to your last resort. Maybe that's you. You're, you're about ready to give up. You, 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 you've, you've spent it all. You've done it all. You don't know what's next. I want to pray for you right now. Dear God, I don't, I don't know who those people are right now. Lord, they're at, they're at the end of their last rope. They're at their wits end. They don't know what's next, God. And they just feel like all they've done, their far-reaching faith, all they've done is experience suffering. God, I pray that you would bring them and give them a breakthrough. God, I pray that you would bring healing, that you would give them supernatural wisdom on what's next with a step. Maybe it's a step with their, with their kids. Maybe it's a step with work. Maybe it's a step in a relationship or in a marriage. God, I ask that you would give them far-reaching faith. God, I pray that you would hear them and answer them and meet them in their place of need now. Jesus, I thank you that you are a great God who loves us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to CityViewPHX.com. 